Hi folks, today we're chatting to Gary Jacobson, V8 Supercars driver for Matt Stone Racing. We'll find out what it's like being behind a computer screen versus a racetrack and waking up with toothpaste on his eye. This plus much more on Legends with Bevo. Hi everyone, this is V8 Supercar driver Gary Jacobson here and you're watching Legends with Bevo. Welcome to Legends with Bevo. Thanks to the Holdy, Coopers and Anytime Fitness Glenelg. Gary Jacobson from Matt Stone Racing. Great to have you on Legends with Bevo again, mate. How are you at the moment? Yeah, good. We're going three for three now, maybe, I think it is. So, yeah, I always love having a chat with you. And I'm representing the, the Adelaide people. I've got the tail and Ben Beanie on, trying to fit with the hot conditions and the cool conditions. <laughs> Looking good, mate. And, of course, uh, you've, you've spoken to the Ben to make it black and yellow, I reckon, as well. That must be a stitch up, surely, being a Tigers fan. <laughs> As you know, Bevo, I'm a fanatic Richmond supporter. Uh, I'm up at the moment. We're still favourites, aren't we, to win this year's premiership? I don't know about you Port Adelaide uh, supporters. We're, we're a bit scared of you. We don't want to play you in the final next week if we can afford it. But, I love it yeah. how all year we've been like top of the ladder and you know, no, no one talks about us as a premiership favourite. It's all about you guys at Richmond there. So. <laughs> The classic collie wobbles thing that everybody thinks you might get. You're on the top of the ladder all year and then... You know, Collingwood, when they were up and about and they'd miss out on, uh, I think they used to play the Brisbane Lions a lot in the grand final and get the Collie Wobbles. We need to come up with a name for Port Adelaide to get into your head. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, most importantly, we better get on to racing. And uh, obviously, we're back at the Bend last weekend and we had those couple of races and again, it's all happening again this weekend. Um, how'd it go on the weekend, mate? Oh, drama, 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 wasn't it? We had lots of different weather conditions. We had uh, a bit of rain, lots of cloud cover, which always makes a racetrack very high grip and, and fast. And then we had uh, no clouds and, and lots of UV with all that sunlight on the track. So the mechanics and the engineers were running around frantic all weekend trying to keep the race car drivers happy. But the main thing was is I think that uh, we've got uh, a lot of learning under our belt for next weekend. So whatever weather conditions come at us, we've got a plan for it this time. And in terms of the racing, we managed to get a 13th in the last race, uh, which was good for me. I think it's a pretty solid improvement considering the results I was getting last year in the Nissan Ultima. I'm in the Holden this year in a different team and the expectations is to be in the top 15. And we ticked that box again this weekend. So we're all happy and in good spirits. Congratulations, mate. And obviously uh, that's a great effort and hopefully you can go even better on, on the coming weekend now, now you know the track so well. Yeah, and, you know, one thing to spice it up is that we're going to be doing a circuit that no VIA supercar driver has done. We're going to do the short circuit. So usually we would uh, traditionally turn left at what we call turn six. We're going straight ahead this time and going into a corner that no one's done before, which is uh, it's going to be like a 130 degrees tight right-hander where there's going to be lots of passing there and lots of drivers that don't know where the braking mark is going to be. So... <laughs> We've got another little bit of a change with the circuit. It's going to be a shorter circuit, which generally any short circuit supercar racing is better for the fans. There's more passing and, yeah, it just keeps the action closer. And let's hope the weather conditions are stay nice and dry, mate, because if it's slippery, it can be absolutely nah. chaos, I reckon. <laughs> oh, mate, the race car drivers, we don't worry about sort of stuff. <laughs> we want more sliding, more action. and We don't want to see Penske and Red Bull winning all the races. Take it on Or like the Formula 1s where Hamilton just cleans up all the time. <laughs> yeah, mate, 
bring on the rain, you bring on the more, it's not as predictable. I used to race uh, sprint cars on, on dirt. So sliding around in the wet feels similar to me when I used to race a sprint car on the dirt. So bring on the rain. I'm a, I'm a fan of the rain weather. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> and obviously I mentioned you're with Matt Stone Racing your first year. Um, how have you found racing with Matt Stone and uh, what's the difference between sort of uh, driving for them and, and driving for Kelly Racing where you were last year? Well, like any driver will say, your first year is always tough. You're learning to race against the best race car drivers in the country whilst trying to uh, learn a new racing team that no one knows each other in. Like, so last year I was a rookie in a Nissan Ultima and there's a lot going on in my brain. So I think the difference between me, I've matured a lot more. I know my, I know myself and, and my, my strengths a lot more. I knew what to work on in the off-season a lot more with my weaknesses. And I think the car is a bit stronger too. It's a newer car. The Holden ZB uh, is a lot more aerodynamically uh, better in terms of downforce and grip levels compared to the, the Nissan Altima. So just little gains in every area just uh, helps with getting those top 15 results this year. That is my own personal goal. And I think just, uh, yeah, I think both teams have their strengths. I think the uh, the strength of this team this year at Matt Stone Racing is that um, they've selected me to be their number one driver, which was which was nice because you get all the, the fancy bits on your car and you, and you get all the attention from the engineers and, and the mechanics, which is nice for a driver. You feel like the team's got your back. And last year I was one of four drivers. I was a rookie driver and Rick Kelly and Andre were the drivers that were expected to be up the front flying the flag for Nissan. So, yeah, I think the extra responsibility gives you a little bit more, I guess, uh, of, it gives you an advantage in making the car set up suit you as a driver and you get to be the team leader in terms of the drivers uh well i get to be that this year which helps a lot and i spoke about todd hazelwood because uh you know he was with matt stone last year and now he's moved across to brad jones and one thing i found very interesting talking to him last week was that the banter between the race drivers that you know each other well has there been a bit of that this year with the kelly racing boys yeah with the kelly racing guys last year there was a bit of banter going on i think it it helps make the weekend not be too stressful you have a bit of a dance floor session uh, before you put the race gear on to warm up. We're not very serious at warming up. Like if you look at the Olympics and people stretching on the Olympic track or stuff like that, the swimmers, race car drivers just learn how to uh, warm up by dancing in the trailer, like Daniel Ricciardo, if you've ever seen him. So, yeah, we're a bit we're a bit weird, us race car drivers, and, and the banter always makes it a bit more fun because you do tend to get a bit stressed out. I think uh, racing a supercar, putting pressure on yourself, you want to get good results, and I think... Um, having uh, that sort of feeling where you're with your mates at the track sort of calms you down and actually helps you perform better. It depends on what sort of character you are as a person, but I know I perform better when I'm having fun and with people that I consider my mates and traveling around Australia, being lucky to do that this year. And uh, last time we spoke, Gaz, uh, you uh, talked about Chaz Mostert playing a bit of a prank on you with toothpaste. Now, have you got him back or...? Uh, not yet. I think uh, I just don't. I'm not natural to getting people back. I, I just, I just, uh, I don't know. I'm the target, and I think that's why I keep getting uh, tricked by these other drivers. I, I need to get better at that. But thanks for reminding me. <laughs> so, for the people out there, just um, remind us again what happened. Uh, I was the young kid on the block, and I was trying to impress all these personal trainers and that with motorsport fitness so I, I wanted to go to bed early on this training camp it was day three or four of this five-day training camp and Chaz was just in a different mindset he just wanted to have fun and 
I went to bed early and I woke up on, on the top bunk bed with all this toothpaste in uh, both my eyes and I didn't know what was going on and he just giggled and ran off and I didn't know what was going on. It was a good stitch-up. <laughs> yeah, you got to, you got to plan something to get him back. <laughs> hey, uh, let's talk about um, this year. We spoke about this off-air and um, it's been an interesting year for all of us uh, and you in particular, guys, because you're a Shepparton boy, you live in Shepparton normally. You mentioned before you haven't actually been home for like three or four months. You and your partner only had six hours to, to move out of Shepparton and then move to, to Queensland. Is that correct? Yeah, lucky enough, um, I don't really need that much to keep myself occupied <laughs> every day. So I, packed, I packed me road bike, uh, packed me race gear, and I packed me fiance. <laughs> <laughs> To get across the border, I thought that'll do. I don't need anything else. So yeah, just um, to be honest, mate, it's been uh, something I'm, I'm guilty of. I've been able to travel the country this year and, and, and drive a lot to it through every state and uh, get to the next racetrack. Obviously, we have rules and regulations to make sure we keep our distance with the public. But uh, been seeing a lot of the sights of Australia. And, um, I've been to where have I been? New South Wales, Queensland, Northern Territory, Darwin was pretty much my favourite, I'd say, and now I'm here at Adelaide. Um, yeah, I feel a little bit guilty, honestly, talking about what I've been able to get up to this year because it's been a, a tricky year for people back home in Melbourne and in Victoria, and I get to go and race and provide entertainment on TV but still be able to go outside. So, yeah, don't like uh, rubbing it in people's faces too much, but I've had a good experience out of what's been a pretty tricky year for a lot of people. Absolutely well said there, mate, and it's a credit to you. Um, not many people would actually say you know, what you've just said there because, yeah, it is very tough. We've all done it really tough. And it's great to see, though, that Victoria now um, are getting their numbers down. And at the same time, we spoke about this before as well, it's it's a wonderful thing that you know the V8 Supercars and the AFL and all these other sports are able to, to go this year because imagine if it wasn't you know happening, how bad people would be in lockdown if there was no sport to watch. Yeah, mate, we'd have to take up online checkers or chess. Could you imagine <laughs> like that? It wouldn't be very fun, would it? But yeah, like even competing on the simulator on esports was pretty funny. Like all us race car drivers uh, at the start of the year, we were told stay at home and, and don't go anywhere. And we all got these simulators, which, to be honest, between you and me, it's just a fancy word for a racing computer game. <laughs> I was having the absolute time of my life um, just being told to keep playing this computer game because all your sponsors are happy and <laughs> all the people that pay the bills are saying, great job. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, you're actually happy I'm just playing a computer game? I couldn't believe it. It's been such a weird year. But, um, yeah, being able to compete still from a motorsport perspective online, still on TV, and then this year as the year's gone on, we've found a way to adapt and, and race on the real track. We've stayed relevant as a as a motorsport industry and all those people that are involved in motorsport, you know, we've, we've been a bit nervous. We want to keep the jobs going and we want to keep the income coming through for all these racing teams that, you know, depend on paying for wages for a lot of young men and women that want to, you know, have their own goals in, in being involved in a sport like this in motorsport. It's been great to keep this industry alive and still thriving. And in the E-Series, um, I want to ask you guys, because I'm a bit of a dirty driver when it comes to Daytona. I just love to cut people off and just knock my friends off the road. Um, <laughs> so were you a bit the same in the E-Series? Like, you know, you target your Scott McLaughlin's and these sort of guys and just try and knock them off the road? <laughs> I, I had to get my engineer this year to remind me that I don't have a restart button on my <laughs> steering wheel. 
on the real part because we went through this esports championship on the e-series and I'd just crash into everybody. I didn't have a care in the world. I was like, oh, do you reckon I can pass from 50 metres back? Well, we're going to find out. Let's try and give it a go. And I'd crash into the car and you could actually talk to each other on the on the with the headsets that we wore and um, you could actually hold a radio button and orchestrate to the whole all the drivers and all the engineers, uh, what you wanted to say to that one driver that took you out. It was a lot of aggro <laughs> going on. But I actually had to tell where's my engineer when I got back in the real car to say that, hey, there's no restart button. If you crash in the real car, that's a real crash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, Speaking of Scotty McLaughlin, obviously he's going for a record you know, three championships in a row, so amazing stuff that. Um, you had a bit of a uh, verbal stash with him the other week. Is everything okay, or do you guys uh, hold grudges in, in motorsport? You, what's the situation there? Uh, I'd like to think that we're okay. Um, <laughs> I think, where did I see him? I saw him after qualifying, I think you're referring to at Townsville, and I got in his way and I, I accepted that it was my fault. I went up and apologised to him straight away and I think he respected me more for that. I think it's when you don't put your hand up and you don't say sorry and you, and you admit no wrong that you probably lose respect in, in this industry. So I think, yeah, he's pretty old school and because I went and said sorry to him and said, hey, my bad, didn't mean to do it, he knew that I didn't mean it. Uh, yeah, we get along pretty good. We are talking about playing a bit of FIFA actually tonight. Room 231, I'm going to go as Juventus. He might go as Paris Saint-Germain. We'll sort it out on the <laughs> That's great. Smart man. Maybe the Mario Cup as well. You've got to keep yourself entertained here at Taylor Bench. Oh, I love those sort of stories. That's gold. Uh, in terms yeah. of um, one thing we spoke about earlier on the year, Gaz, is that your family have a have a, a bus and you drive the school bus. Have you got a chance to, to be able to do that this year or has that all been put on hold because of COVID? Yeah, it's interesting. I still think it's healthy for race car drivers to keep into some sort of normal lifestyle routine. So for me, uh, sacrificing two or three hours out of my day to drive a bus and, and go pick up kids and take them to school, pick them up from school, take them home, I think it was really healthy for me because sometimes as an athlete that's involved in any sport, you can get trapped in your little mind about how the real world works and how you think the world works and I think it was just good for me and I've missed a lot of that um, this year I actually really miss it um, just having something that breaks the cycle away from um, being a competitive person in a competitive environment like motorsport so yeah actually really miss that so I might have to get a resume sorted out <laughs> and um, apply for uh, some bus driving jobs up at Queensland and Yatla where my race team is I think there's a bus depot across the road from Matt Stone Racing. So that would be pretty convenient. What do you reckon? Sounds like a plan, mate. I'm sure they'll love yeah. you regardless. So, <laughs> <laughs> All the things they keep saying, if you drive for us, we can sleep in, right? You can get us to school quicker. I'm like, no, I need all my points. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's gold. <laughs> and one thing I wanted to know as well, and um, a couple of my friends have been asking about this to find out, Gaz, um, obviously the – you know, the other series that come, you know, behind supercars, um, your races below that, like your Dunlop series and these sort of ones, um, with the, the COVID situation, they haven't had as many races this year. How do they get the opportunity to impress so that they can push for supercars next year or down the track? I think it's a very relevant question to be asking because there's a lot of kids at the moment that probably feel like their time in their career, they've been... I suppose, pinched a bit more than people that are at the top level. So they, they can't be on the track as often. And I think as a sport and an industry, we need to try and come up with new ways to include them in in racing and, and give them opportunities. So 
I think we need to probably look at maybe having more co-driver opportunities available, like instead of what would traditionally be three rounds for enduro championships, maybe we need to turn it into six rounds so that we can get these kids in, in more events and cars because the biggest issue I see at the moment is that uh, all the big teams, um, you know, are doing their best to make sure that we keep the industry alive and we get a little bit of support um, through supercars to make sure that everybody can get to the motel and, and, and have some financial support to have those teams there. But the, the, the lower category teams, they, I don't know if they're getting the same support because it's such an expensive year to keep this industry alive. So we're just going to have to think of a new way to adapt to support these young drivers and maybe an idea like this, just me and you talking about it, um, maybe more Enduros next year, get them into our, our cars where we can share the race cars with them. Maybe that'll be the way to look forward. Wonderful idea. I love it, mate. And we spoke at the start of the show about your Tigers. Um, have you had a chance to go and watch them live this year in any of the games? Uh, with Richmond? Yes. Look, I had an opportunity a couple of times to go and watch them at, I think, Metricon Stadium um, up at Queensland. But I, I don't know. I think my responsibility as a race car driver is to keep my distance from the public and get through the season so that I don't get COVID. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I've just been watching uh, from a distance at home on TV. That's more than enough for me. I can still see the game. And, yeah, maybe once all the COVID numbers settle down in Queensland, then we'll start getting back to normal. And in terms of um, staying, obviously, you know, people don't realise this, but supercar drivers are super-duper fit. Uh, no doubt there's been challenges this year, but what sort of things have you been doing to keep yourself fit this year, Gaz, um, with, with the COVID situation? You know, obviously, gyms haven't always been open as well. What have you been doing to keep yourself fit this year? Oh, it's been hilarious. <laughs> uh, if I can answer this, honestly, I've been annoying the absolute uh, living daylights out of my race team to train with me. <laughs> So because none of us can get away from each other, we all know where we live. We're all at the same motel. I um I set the alarm at 6 o'clock in the morning and uh, we all go down to the motel gym together. It's only like a room that's probably three by three metres and we try and fit eight people in there <laughs> and all together. We try and come up with whatever routine we can do with uh, either employing a tra- like a personal trainer like we are doing right now over Zoom and they... Uh, I've got trainers from Shepparton that, that train the race team and, yeah, find some dumbbells. Like we, we've got our backpacks and loaded them full of bottles of water to make our backpacks heavy to train in quarantine and hotel rooms. Um, been getting involved in the pit stop practice, knocking the car, grabbing tyres and throwing them onto the car and um, just, yeah, running around racetracks. Um, just, yeah, I've got my road bike with me, so... I've taken up heaps of room. I've, I've got two road bikes in the trailer here and it's getting in the way of where all the racing gear needs to go. So, yeah, just annoying my team, to be honest, and probably <laughs> using that as motivation too to, to let your team know how hard you're training as well. I think it's good when your team's with you and they see how hard the race car drivers actually train. It makes you want to prove yourself to your team and, and show that you're working hard like they are during the day on the cars. You're training hard as well. So... Yeah, it's been um, quite inspiring in different ways. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well done, mates. And uh, well, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you again on Legends of Bevo, Gaz. Uh, All the very best with the Ben this weekend and um, and for the rest of the season as well. And I look to chat, or looking forward to chatting to you again in the future in person um, once this COVID situation's over and when you're back in Adelaide again.